Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. Tonight, as I said before, we're continuing on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And we are going to start out tonight's session with reading from St. John chapter 14. And we're going to read verse 16 and 17 of St. John chapter 14. And remember now we're talking, um, I'm speaking about the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. So let's read St. John, going to St. John. St. John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. So here's Jesus speaking, he was teaching, and he said, well, in verse 15, he said, if you love me, obey or keep my commandments. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, or King James said, another comforter. So Jesus was saying, I am the comforter with you now, but I'm going to believe him. So I am going to ask the Father to give you another advocate, another comforter who will never leave you. He, look at verse 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't, or he isn't, sorry, it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now, and later he will be in you. Amen. So very, very clear. Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father to give you another comforter, and this comforter of which he speaks, verse 17 says, is the Holy Spirit. And so we thank God that tonight, today as in this dispensation that we are, we have the comforter called the Holy Spirit that lives with us. And he is certainly serious about fulfilling his mission. The Holy Spirit is the God of the Godhead that is active in the earth today. He is the God of the Godhead that is active in the earth today. What do we mean by that? He's the God of the Godhead. Remember, we um, talk about Elohim, meaning, uh, which is plural, and it speaks to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And each of them is no less. They're all God and working together. They're one God, but manifesting in the different personalities in terms of their time of dominance in the earth realm, they operate as God. So in the Old Testament, it was God the Father. He was 100% God. Then in the times of the gospel, it was Jesus the Son. He was God, 100% God. We talk about the God-man. And then in the new covenant, the time that we live, it is the Holy Spirit who is the God of the Godhead that is active in the earth. So he is here, he, the Holy Spirit, is here 
to finish the work that the Father started and God the Son continued. So God the Holy Spirit is here to finish the work that God the Father started and that God the Son continued. The Holy Spirit is the most amazing gift on earth today. He is incredible, awesome, just amazing past finding out. The Holy Spirit has more knowledge than every book in the world combined. In all books in the world combined. The Holy Spirit has more knowledge than all of that. The Holy Spirit has more knowledge than Google. He is the source of knowledge. All knowledge is derived from him. So if you need to be in the know, the Holy Spirit is the person to be in fellowship with. There is nothing relative to your life that you need to know that the Holy Spirit can't or won't tell you. He is amazing. There is no knowledge that escapes him. He is omniscient, is all-knowing. So we thank God for the work of the Holy Spirit in the earth today. The Holy Spirit is the greatest, greatest source operating in the earth today. You can always draw from him, draw knowledge, you can draw strength, you can draw comfort once you are in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You can draw from him. He's the ever-living fountain. He's the river. He's life. The Holy Spirit is the greatest help on earth today in the earth realm. We don't realize sometimes that the only way that certain things could have worked out and happened in your life is because of the help of the Holy Spirit. You see, because sometimes you were not in prayer at the moment, you don't realize that it was his help that caused it to happen. There's certain things that are just impossible without the Holy Spirit. So if you don't understand that, that he's your help and he's working on your behalf, even when you're not praying, then you would go around saying things that you're born lucky and all that kind of stuff. It's not luck, my friend. It is the help of the Holy Spirit working on your behalf. When lies surround you, he will bring truth. He guides us into all truth. How many of you have ever been deceived by someone or something and you bought into it, you believed they were for real until the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you truth and all of a sudden you start seeing that, that thing, that situation, that person, how the Holy Spirit is showing them to you. But in your natural mind, you're given the, that situation, that person, that thing, a pass, a pass mark. You, you approved. You gave the full approval. But the Holy Spirit is the one that guides us in all truth. I happen to be in a service 
one day a church service where a lady came and said she was um, she had a word from the Lord and all of that from the church. Nobody knew her. And she came and she looked like a, a genuine believer. But the Holy Spirit revealed that she was a false prophet, that she had a hidden agenda. And speaking for myself, I personally did not detect that in the natural at all. It was the Holy Spirit that revealed truth. So when lies surround you, the best person to be in fellowship with is the Holy Spirit because he will reveal the truth. You don't have to go around trying to ask everybody their opinion and use all of that to form your decision. And I'm not saying you shouldn't consult with people. All I'm saying, it is important to remember that the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals truth or guides us into all truth. He is amazing. You know, in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the Old Agreement, there was a term used to describe the time of Jesus. And that term is the day of the Lord. Some of you would have read that in the scripture. The day of the Lord speaks to the time when Jesus was present on earth in the flesh, right? It wasn't a, a one 24 hour period. The day of the Lord was 33 and a half years because it speaks to the time when Jesus was present. Now, another term you will find in the scripture is the last days or last days. Now, most people think we're, we're talking about Jesus coming by weekend or that kind of stuff when we talk about the last days. That has been misinterpreted. The last days, people like Joel prophesied about the last days and, and all that kind of stuff. The last days began when the Holy Spirit was released as God in the earth. The last day speaks to the time of the Holy Spirit. So the day of the Lord speaks to the time of Jesus, but the last days speak to the time of the Holy Spirit. So we are in the last days, meaning that we're in the time or the era when the Holy Spirit is the person of the Godhead on earth, linking heaven and earth, working uh, through the lives of men. The work of the Holy Spirit is summarized in St. John chapter 16, verse 9 to 11. And I want to read that portion as we press forward into a few things here. St. John chapter 16, verses 9 to 11. And uh, as I said, the work of the Holy Spirit is clearly summarized in these verses. So let's look at that scripture. Jump from verse 8 there. And when he comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sins and of God's righteousness and of coming judgment. The world's sin 
is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. The traditional King James says he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So the Holy Spirit has come with a, a threefold ministry in relation to the world, to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Let's talk about sin first, convicting the world of sin. It says, again in the King James, convicts the world of sin because uh, they believe not in Christ. Now, the sin of unbelief is the root of all other sins. The area of reproof or conviction especially deals with the sin of man. So it is important to understand that the conviction that the Holy Spirit is here to bring is not upon our things. It is upon mankind because we're talking about the sins of man. I heard, I think Pastor Miles Monroe was the first person I heard saying what I'm about to say and it, and it, and it caught my attention because I, I never thought of it. But have you ever noticed in the scripture, reading through the scripture, that Jesus never allowed a demon, evil spirit, to testify of him? Every time they attempted to speak of Jesus in a way of testifying, he shut them down. And even if it was through Paul or Peter or anybody. So for example, that girl with the spirit of the divination saying, these are men of the most high God. And, and the spirit of the Lord rose up in Paul and rebuked her, shut, 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 her, shut her down. So we see in the scripture that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, never allowed demon or evil spirit to testify of Jesus because only the Holy Spirit is supposed to bring conviction of Jesus. No demon spirit is supposed to be a part of that network. Only the Holy Spirit brings conviction to the hearts of man, of Jesus Christ. So demons cannot be allowed to transmit that kind of anointing. And when I say that kind of anointing, I'm talking about kingdom anointing. Demons cannot be allowed to be a part of transmitting the anointing. So they were never allowed never given the opportunity. They are not supposed to be a part of the kingdom system in any way. And so any attempt to, to open any door to evil spirits or demonic activities in relation to the kingdom of God will be shut down because conviction should only come through the Holy Spirit. And this is why 
God is so serious about witches and people in the Bible who have familiar spirits. God, if you read through the Old Testament, God was very serious about those. In fact, they should die according to the Bible. Because what they're attempting to do is to bridge the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness and attempting to circumvent what God intended. So only the Holy Spirit brings conviction of Jesus. So Jesus speaking with Nicodemus, he said, except a man be born of the spirit, it cannot see, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, it is not the role of evil spirits to bring conviction or conviction of Jesus. But I want to also point out that it is not the role of any believer to bring conviction upon people either. The work of conviction of Jesus in the hearts of any man is the business, the duty, the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will work through you as a believer at times, but the Holy Spirit is the one who brings conviction of Jesus. So many times, people try to uh, fulfill that role. I'm talking about believers, Christians, try to fulfill that role of bringing uh, conviction upon uh, the hearts of, of others. You do that at the risk of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit not operating in your life. In fact, the, kind, the kinds of semantics that, that goes on in the church sometimes to, to bring conviction upon people, kingdom, godly conviction upon people, the kind of things that are done from time to time to, to cause that to happen has chased more people away from the church than you would ever imagine. Oh, sometimes when we want people to give, sometimes when we think they should get saved now because we're, oh, this is the first time they're coming to church and we want them to get saved today. The kinds of things that believers do, the church do to try and create conviction is just uh, crazy sometimes. I am saying to you tonight that conviction of Jesus in the hearts of man is the work of the Holy Spirit. You don't need to do that. You don't need to try and do that. All you have to do is your part. Live kingdom and allow the convictions of the Holy Spirit to work through you if God so desires or allow him to convict as he will. So as I said, I know that there are many times that we try to in our own strength get people saved. 
So we do what, what we think we can to bring conviction of, on their hearts. But conviction of Jesus in the hearts of man is, or in the heart of, of any man, is the work of the Holy Spirit. And as I said, that has done more harm to the church than anything else. But it's important that we remember that we do our part and allow the Holy Spirit to do his part. So threefold ministry of the Holy Spirit, he comes to convict the world of sin. And then secondly is of righteousness. And it says of righteousness because Jesus Christ has gone to the Father. And at present, we do not see him. So this area of conviction involves the righteousness of Christ, the Savior of man. And so, again, I make the point that the Holy Spirit knows what he is doing when he convicts somebody's heart. He, he has the network set up that... You know that term in the Bible about plant, Paul plant, Apollos water, and God gives the increase. So when he convicts somebody, huh, he knows who to lead them to. He knows who to connect them to for the results that he wants. So all we should do is make ourselves available. Thirdly, it's of judgment because the prince of this world, is, uh, which is Satan, was judged at Calvary. This area of conviction involves the judgment of uh, Satan and his host and their defeat on Calvary, at Calvary. So judgment in terms of, uh, you know, condemnation and punishment and judgment in terms of making a decision on, on their activities. The Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. Let's talk about that a little bit. The Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. The life of the believer should follow the example of the life of Jesus when he, he was on earth. Jesus was our model. He lived in the flesh and the life of the believer should follow that example. So let's look at some pointers here as it relates to the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. First, the new birth is only, only possible through the work of the Holy Spirit. We read, I mentioned that scripture before from St. John chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, where Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. So it is the Holy Spirit that enables the born again experience. So there is a work of the Holy Spirit in every believer, believer's life, even if they don't speak in tongues, because you cannot get born again without the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that enables the new birth because it is the Holy Spirit that comes and live in your spirit that causes the regeneration. Right, so the first thing is that the new birth is only possible through the work of the Holy Spirit, St. John 3, verse 5 and 6. The next, number two, 
is that the Holy Spirit indwells the believer. So very, very important. The Holy Spirit indwells the believer. That is why we can say greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You know, Jeremiah prophesied a long, long time before the New Testament says, and said the days would come that, uh, where God said the days would come that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And I will put my laws on their inward parts and I will be a God to them and they shall be my children. God intended through his spirit to live inside of us, to dwell in us for a long time. So in the Old Testament, God walked with man. In the times of the gospel, Jesus dwelled among men, but in the new covenant that we live, the Holy Spirit lives inside of man. Great and precious promise. So no more. If you understand the, the, the old story of the tabernacle in the Old Testament, when the priest would have to uh, go beyond the veil and all that kind of stuff. No more do we have to do that. As New Testament believers, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. And maybe because we didn't live in the Old Covenant, we don't understand the excitement of that and the big change it is from the Old Testament. But that is really the essence of the New Testament, the new covenant that the Holy Spirit indwells us. And that's, that's key because you now have to understand that that means anywhere you are, the Holy Spirit is there if he indwells you. So it's not like you ever put the Holy Spirit on, on a break to say, well, you know, I'm going into town to take care of some things. I'm going to, you know, Trinidad to take care of some things. So Holy Spirit, I'm going to leave you just to watch the house until I get back. But I'll take this trip by myself. No, once you're born again, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Goes anywhere you go. Number three, the Spirit gives, well, before I go on, for number two, Romans chapter 8, verse 9. It's one scripture you can write down for the spirit indwells the believer. Romans 8, verse 9, and 1 John 2, verse 27. Romans 8, 9, and 1 John 2, verse 27. Number three, the Holy Spirit gives assurance of salvation. You know, sometimes that devil would try to play on your emotions and you wonder if you are saved, maybe because of something you did or you just don't feel saved. Well, the Holy Spirit gives assurance of salvation. Well, I wasn't baptized yet, so I'm not sure if I'm saved or, you know, all that kind of stuff. The, the enemy will try to play on your emotions. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the Bible says that his spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. 
And that's a key witness. That's all the witness. That's all the assurance that you really ever need. There's some people that we probably would not approve as Christians, but the witness, the witness of salvation or the assurance of salvation is given by the Holy Spirit. Of course, Romans 8 verse 16 is a scripture you can look at. The Spirit speaks to the believer. The Holy Spirit speaks to the believer. If you have not experienced that, you're missing out big time. There is no voice like the Holy Spirit. His voice makes a difference. When he speaks, he released my troubled mind. But if your mind is not troubled, he strengthens you and gives you assurance and bring joy. The Holy Spirit speaking is very, very important to the believer. And it's a culture that we have to create uh, in our lives as believers. And one of these days, we have it lined up, we're going to be teaching on how to be led by the Holy Spirit, because I think that's fundamental, that's key. It's in the pipeline, but I can't tell you exactly when yet, but we talk about the ways in which we're led by the Holy Spirit and all of that. Number four is that, sorry, the Spirit speaks to the believer. Acts chapter 8, verse 29. Acts chapter 8, verse 29. The Spirit enlightens the believer understanding. The Spirit enlightens the believer uh, understanding. Oh, yes. Sometimes that we, 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 in our understanding, need to be enlightened. At times when we're reading the word and uh, need further understanding, further revelation, um, there are times when we're in situations and we need further understanding, the Holy Spirit enlightens the believer uh, understanding. And this is why it is important to spend quality time with God. Because when you spend quality time with God, have your quality devotion. I'm not talking about just a mere five-minute devotion. I mean, if you're a starter and you do that, that's fine. But when you spend quality time with the Holy Spirit, He will enlighten the eyes of your understanding. He will lead you into all truth. That's what it means. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. The Holy Spirit enlightens the understanding of the believer. So I think we're on to number six here. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, teaches the believer. He's the greatest teacher that there is. He will teach you how to wait upon the Lord, how to depend on God, how to be all that God intended for you to be. The Holy Spirit teaches the believer. St. John chapter 16, verse 13. The Holy Spirit teaches the believer. The Spirit guides or lead the believer. That's number seven. The spirit guide or lead the believer. 
This is interesting because we talk about being led by the Holy Spirit. That's one of the most exciting and fulfilling aspect of serving the Lord, to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because you stay ahead of the game when you're led by the Holy Spirit. Because he knows the way. So many times we follow people who don't know the way. But the Holy Spirit knows the way. And he will always lead you in the way of the Lord. He doesn't miss. Remember, he's all-knowing. He's the link between heaven and earth. So he knows the way. So he will lead you according to the way of the Lord. Now, if you have experience of being led by the Holy Spirit, if you have, have been there, you will also know that it, the, him leading you, it can be gentle. It can be gentle, just a witness in your spirit. But you also know that he can be screaming on the inside of you. I know we said the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and all of that. But if you know what it is to be led by the Holy Spirit, at times when you're going into things that you ought not to, and he's screaming on the inside of you. So it can be gentle or it can be a scream. But the Holy Spirit leads, guides the believer. And Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Acts 8.29 is another scripture you could note. The Holy Spirit leads the believer. There's, there are times when, I mean, you would never ever have arrived at certain destination in your life without the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because the best of the counsel of man lead you on a different path. Because remember, as we said, that the Holy Spirit has more knowledge than Google. Or some of you use Alexia. The Holy Spirit has more knowledge than all of them combined. The Spirit enables the believer to pray. And that is so very important. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit enables the believer to pray. You say you can't pray, you begin to build relationship with the Holy Spirit and you find yourself praying for two, three hours and can't stop. Also, in the aspect of we don't know what we should pray as we are, the Bible says. But the Spirit himself make it intercessions for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. With groanings which cannot be uttered. So there's so many times that you start praying in the spirit, and it's amazing what the Holy Spirit does. Are we enlightens your understanding? He brings truth, revelation. How you pray for things that you never had in your conscious mind. You never planned on praying. And two hours or a hour or a, a day or two later, man, you hear testimonies and you realize, oh, yeah, you were praying for them. You didn't even know something was happening with them. But that's how the Spirit of the Lord leads. There are times when after prayer, I'm writing for two hours things that the Holy Spirit has put in my spirit. It's just like the floodgate opens. 
and he pours into you. So Romans 8, 26, 26 and 27. Romans 8, 26, 27. And Jude, verse 20. Jude only has one chapter. So verse 20, it talks about praying in the Holy Ghost, building up yourself on your most holy faith. And number nine, the Holy Spirit is the author of scriptures. He inspired the writing of the scriptures. First Timothy chapter three, verse 16. First Timothy chapter three, verse 16, and second Peter one, verse 20. The Holy Spirit is the author of scriptures. He is, as I said before, the most exciting gift person on earth. And a life inspired, led by the Holy Spirit will bring joy and fulfillment and will make changes in your life that you never dreamed about. And it takes effort, discipline, to be led by the Holy Spirit. So he can be leading you, but you're not following. Or he can be given direction, but you're not following. Because actually, leading you speaks to both of you meaning that he's providing the direction and you're following. That means he's leading. So I want to ask you to examine your own life. When was the last time you got some directions from the Holy Spirit? You were led by the Holy Spirit and you just have to lift your hands again and say, to God be the glory for the things he has done. If it had not been for the Lord, Lord, thank you for leading me in this kind of Holy Spirit. Thank you for leading. He's amazing. Now, we talk about um, earlier about being led by the Holy Spirit. And I want to just point out one of the ways in which the Holy Spirit leads us. And we're actually going to close out with this. One of the ways in which the Holy Spirit leads us. You know, there are different ways by which the Holy Spirit leads us, leads the believer. Of course, the number one way is the inward witness, but it's you have the word of God, angels, and all that kind of stuff, the audible voice. But one of the ways that he leads us is through vision, right? Not everybody have visions and all that but there are those people who still have visions vision is one of the way in which the holy spirit leads us there are a lot of people who, are, who regularly have visions and again it's a work of the holy spirit but there are two types of vision as i just want to identify for those who maybe you're led by vision or you just need the understanding. There are two types of vision. And the first one is called a trance. The first one is a trance. One is a trance. 
And the second one is what we call open vision. In a trance, it is a situation where your physical senses are suspended, but you still see into the realm of the spirit. So Peter was on the housetop in Acts chapter 10 when Cornelius sent his men down to Joppa. And the Bible says Peter uh, fell into a trance, right? So a trance is where your physical senses are suspended. You can't, you don't know what is happening in the natural realm, actually. You're carried away, totally carried away in the spirit. And you see things in the realm of the spirit. God speaks to you. You relate to things in the spirit. That's, that's a trance. The physical senses are suspended and you're carried away in the realm of the spirit. So Acts chapter 10 is an example of the trance. And uh, Numbers chapter 24, verse 16, is also another example of a trance. And we've had many, many testimonies of trance. People falling in a trance. The second of the visions is what we call the open vision. And an open vision is when you are seeing in the realm of the spirit, but you, you're still conscious in the natural, right? So you're still conscious in the natural. You, you can still relate to things that are happening in the natural. So if someone should walk by, you would see them, but you are seeing things in the realm of the spirit almost simultaneously. God, open up your eyes to the spirit realm and lead you in that way for uh, that moment of what he wants to speak to you. So that's an open vision right there. Now, an open vision, uh, many people are seeing open vision too where um, it's almost like sometimes you wonder if you are actually seen in the spirit or in the natural because it's so clear. It's so wide open and clear that um, you are not sure which one you are, you are quite relating to because you are conscious in the realm of the spirit and you are conscious in the realm of the natural also. And I felt led to point this out because um, I know that sometimes we just put vision into one bag and uh, don't quite um, see the distinctions. But many examples are in the Bible of both New and Old Testament of people seeing vision and all that kind of stuff. And God wants us to understand that he still speaks by his Holy Spirit, whether it's, it's by vision or any one of those areas uh, that he leads us, he still speaks to his people. But as we're on vision right now, that vision is still a part of the Holy Ghost uh, speaking to, to people. It's amazing how some people relate better to some areas of God's leading than other areas. And by the way, 
let me say young people can see vision too. I know people go off with their thoughts sometimes that you know old men dream dreams and have vision but young people can see vision we have a lot of testimonies in fact we would like to see our young people having visions of the Lord. I was reading something recently, and I don't remember where it was, but there was a story where there's a particular church, and I think it's somewhere in, in, in Africa, if I'm not mistaken. And this young lady woke up five o'clock about five o'clock in the morning, 5 a.m., and woke up her parents. She's just about six, seven years old, and said, God is speaking to her to go to the, ch the church to pray. God wants her to go to the church to pray. And the, her parents were saying, you know, it's a little early. Can you just wait? And she said, no, I can't. Um, the Lord has given me a vision to go to the church and pray. And when they uh, yielded to what she was saying and took her to the church to pray, when they got there, there were about uh, 35 youngsters her age that they were there praying. And all of them had the same, same experience that they had a vision. Lord spoke to them that they should go to the church and pray. So without anybody calling anybody, about 35 to 40 of them ended up there praying because they saw visions God led them. And I'm saying we continue to pray for the leading of the Holy Spirit upon our young people and our older people, everybody. But whether it be through vision or the word or the inward witness, whichever way he chooses to speak, we're saying, Holy Spirit, lead us we submit to your counsel and lordship we're tired of doing our own thing we submit to the leading of the holy spirit in our lives as i said it is one of the most fulfilling thing that there is to be led by the holy spirit that's fellowship all the way through and some of the things that he will tell you, you would not even imagine. You would not realize that it was not, uh, you would not realize that um, it wasn't your own mind that was working and in the previous occasions and putting those things together. Some things that we keep doing the same way, we're led by the Holy Spirit. He shows us the way to do it. He shows us how to exercise patience. He shows us how to forgive. He shows us how to walk in love. Now, one of the, the most terrible feeling that you can have is to know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you consciously go the other way. Disobey the Holy Spirit. It, 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 when all that is over, nobody wins because you are there 
wondering, oh, can I get this situation back to repair it? Can, can I get this the chance to just do this again? Let us use the opportunities that we have before us to obey the Holy Spirit. You know, there's so many situations that we would not respond to people because we thought we were right. But the Holy Spirit has a way of melting our hearts when you have that relationship with him. He's amazing. He's a friend and he's a guide. And tonight I encourage you to submit your hearts to him and allow him to continue to work in and through your life. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at FCF Montego Bay.